was really considering how to encapsulate the message of the resurrection in just one homily. One chance to talk about what it means to experience the risen Jesus Christ. And maybe I had that question in my mind because I thought it might be a chance that I might not see many of you for another year. So if I could give you one thing, what would that be? You're like, no, Father, I'll be here next Christmas. Don't worry. (laughs) But what does it mean to really experience the resurrection of Jesus Christ? What does it mean when we say that Jesus rose from the dead? Or I believe in Jesus Christ, that he is God. What does that actually mean for our lives? And how do we know that it's not just lip service, something we say, but something we've experienced, something we really believe deep in our own hearts? And I had one experience with a student here. All my stories come from the students. It's, and that's why it's a lot of sad stories around here. It's a lot of drama. Um, but the student came in just during Holy Week. And he said, you know, I'm having a really hard time with my relationship with God. So why is that? Well, I keep praying and he give, he, he's giving me everything I'm asking for. I'm like, wow, that sounds terrible, man. That's, I'm sorry for that experience. He's like, I keep getting everything I want and I'm, it's never enough. I'm just realizing that I'm never satisfied with where I met. And I was like, that is the core of the resurrection. That's the purest expression of our life, that there has to be more. That no matter what I've received so far in my life, my heart is always crying out for something else, for something new, for something more. A man once said, there is nothing on earth that can satisfy our deepest longing. We long to see God. The leaves of life are rustling with the rumor that we will. And we refuse to be satisfied until we do. And I believe that it's that empty desire within us that refuses to be filled no matter how much we get in life. That is the greatest proclamation of our own hope for a resurrection, a new life, another world that could for once and finally satisfy what we're really longing for. I mean, if you look at the scriptures today, when we have this first experience of the resurrection of Christ, we don't even see him. We don't hear a word from him. And all the disciples saw was an empty tomb. That's all they got. And that word comes up over and over again. The empty tomb. The empty tomb. What if that empty tomb within our own heart that refuses to be filled with life, what if that is the first proclamation of God of our own resurrection. He is not there. He is risen. Your life will never be found in this place. It's as if God took a piece of our hearts when he created us and kept them with himself. So no matter how much we search to satisfy ourselves here on earth, nothing would ever work. Yeah. In order to prepare for this homily, I was like, I usually preach on hell. It's like my favorite topic. The students love it. Just please, Father, tell us more about hell and torments. I'm like, all right, if you really want. And, uh, but I was like, okay, for Easter, let's talk about heaven. Just one time. I was like, well, I always talk about the visionaries. Like these saints had great visions of hell and purgatory and all this stuff of the afterlife. But I was like, I haven't seen too many visions of heaven. You know, so I started looking up in the Catholic saints some visions of heaven 
there's not a lot there. And what I found was not really inspiring. It didn't make me like, I want to go there someday. You know, it just was kind of blah. But it made me think about it. St. Paul said, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor has heart even imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And even the saints who have had visions of hell, they come, visions of heaven, they come back and they say that they can't even explain it. And so maybe our greatest understanding of heaven isn't going to come from the glory, from the resurrection, from the great mystical visions, but the sign of the empty tomb, that emptiness in our heart that God refuses to fill. That is his greatest response to our heart longing. There has to be more. There is more. And that comes through the resurrection of Christ. C.S. Lewis once said, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. The emptiness in our hearts is the very tomb that proclaims the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when we experience Jesus Christ in that place of emptiness, in our hearts, that place where we're going to the world over and over again, one relationship after another, one party night after another, one Netflix show after another, one food after another, just over and over again trying to satisfy it and nothing works. That in itself, when we find Christ in that place, the risen one, that's where we begin to experience his resurrection. And I came across a poem this week. It's by Andrei Tarkovsky, a contemporary Russian artist. It's entitled, There Has to Be More. And the refrain is just, it's very powerful. He says, now summer is gone and might never have been. In the sunshine it's warm, but there has to be more. It all came to pass, all fell into my hands, like a five-petaled leaf, but there has to be more. Nothing evil was lost, nothing good was in vain, all ablaze with clear light, but there has to be more. Life gathered me up, safe under its wing, my luck always held, but there has to be more. Not a leaf was burnt up, not a twig ever snapped, clean as as glass as a day, but there has to be more. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is God's definitive proclamation that there is more. The death is not the end. And Easter is the encounter between our heart's greatest longing that cries out for more and God's response to that in Christ saying, there is more. And when you hear God's voice there speaking to you in that place of emptiness, that's where the experience of Christ truly transforms our life. That's where the fire is enkindled. That's what St. Paul was saying. If you were raised with Christ, seek what is above, where Christ is seated with God. Think of what is above, not as what, what of on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden in God. 
To those who experience Jesus Christ, the fundamental change that happens is we stop looking to satisfy our hearts here and now. It's okay to suffer. All of a sudden, it's okay to be incomplete. It's okay not to have everything that you want or need in this life. It's okay to be broken. And in fact, your own brokenness, your incompleteness, becomes the greatest place of intimacy with the risen Lord. Pope Benedict once said, being Christian is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea, but the encounter with an event, a person, which gives life to a new horizon and a decisive direction for us. It's when we encounter Jesus Christ in that place of our emptiness, and then we go away from there, and it transforms the way we encounter everyone and everything else in our life. Because it's no longer about this world. Everything is about Jesus Christ. And I've seen this happen over and over again in the lives of the students that I've met here, just in this first year. Met one student, he was just passing by here, and he played sports with the guys once in a while, but he had no Christian even background, no Catholic or or Christian. And he was hanging out with the guys, and at one point he just walked in the chapel, and they were having adoration. So the blessed host was exposed here. And he sat here without anybody saying anything to him. To him, He came out an hour later and walked into my office. And he said, I can't believe it. He was tears running down his face. And he said, all my life, I knew that there must be a God. But I didn't know him. All the while, he was in a host waiting for me in that church. Just experienced it. It transformed him. Another young man I know had everything going for him. He, had the, the, he was about to graduate, had the classes all accomplished. He had his, his work lined up. He had the woman that he always wanted to marry. And yet, when he came to pray before our Lord, he couldn't get away from this longing in his heart. This, there has to be more. And he realized that in that unsatisfied desire, in having everything that he wanted in life, and not being enough, he said, that's when I knew that Christ was calling me to be a priest. In that emptiness. One young woman, she lived much of her life very promiscuous. You know, a real Mary Magdalene of the story. Mary Magdalene loved Jesus Christ almost more than any other apostle. She remained with him at the, at the cross and she remained with him even at the tomb when everybody else walked away. And it's because of this, because she experienced Christ in the place of her sins. And this young woman who had just deep longings, but the world told her if you have sex and if you drink and you party and you just try to get everything you can in this moment, that's all you can hope for. She walked into this church, saw confession was going on, laid down all her sins in that confessional and resolved never to go back to the world in the way she was. And she has a deeper love for Christ than many I've ever met. And it's because she experienced him in the very place of her sins with his mercy. What does it mean to experience the resurrection of Jesus Christ in our life? 
No one can tell you that. Because all of our emptiness, all of our incompleteness, all of our broken and suffering, that's unique. It's yours. It's the deepest part of us. But I can tell you this. Until you experience Jesus Christ there in that unfulfilled desire, there in that place that refuses to be filled by anything else in this world, until you find him there, you will not know what it is to experience the risen Christ. Because that emptiness, that tomb, that place of suffering, that belongs to him, to him alone. And no one and nothing else can touch it. That's what it means to experience the risen Christ in our lives.